God, I love that song. I don't know why. It just makes me want to go out and have fun and hang out at the beach and spend all day in the summer sun instead of the summer sun along the U.S.-Mexico border. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. I mean, we have a really special guest on the Sarah Carter Show. I'm so glad you can be with me today. Remember, you can read all of my stories at sarahacarter.com. That's sarahacarter.com. And we are focused on the U.S.-Mexico border and the border crisis. It's a incredible situation that has actually exploded into something I never expected. I mean, I've seen this for the last several, several decades. I've been reporting on it. I've been talking about the issue as a crisis. I've been talking about the national security implications of the U.S.-Mexico border, the poorest border. It's roughly 2,000 miles. And I've been covering the story. And now what we're seeing is extraordinary numbers of people coming uh, to the United States, coming across the border illegally. We see our law enforcement apparatus, both our U.S. Customs and Border Protection agents, as well as our Immigration and Customs Enforcement officers dealing with a massive flow. And we're seeing our states Look at just look at California. Look at what's happening there and look at what's happening in Texas. Look at what's happening in New Mexico and Arizona. I mean, this is a very serious crisis to tell you how serious this crisis is. Just let me give you a few numbers. I mean, this year alone, over half a million people have been apprehended by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. Think about that. Over half a million people coming across the U.S.-Mexico border, coming here to the United States, and we can't even vet all of these people. And think about this. These are only the people that have been apprehended. We don't even know how many have made their way in, how many people have come into this country that have not been checked. We don't know who they are. We don't know where they're from. What we do know now is that people all over the world are hearing about how our laws have failed us and will allow them to stay in the United States as long as they apply for asylum, as long as they apply for asylum or credible fear. And those are the ones that want to be apprehended. Those aren't the ones that are trying to skirt around law enforcement. Those are the people we should be very concerned about. And you can thank, well, you can, I think some of you want to thank the Democrats for this, for not wanting to change the laws, but you can also thank the drug cartels and the human traffickers who are actually making hundreds of billions of dollars from this. Let's just go back to the numbers here. Think about these numbers, the scale of these numbers, the amount of people coming into the United States across the U.S. southern border. It's incredible. I can tell you this. I've seen it myself. I feel terrible for the people, for the children, the those people that want to come here, those people that have been abused by the drug cartels and the human trafficking organizations that are being used by even our own politicians here in the country to make a political statement when they don't even care about how some of these children and women have been taken advantage of, have been raped, have been harmed in this drive, in this attempt to come to the United States for a better life and and also breaking all of the laws. So there's no way for us to really help them because they're coming here illegally. Many of them have paid coyotes. Many of them have paid drug cartels or human trafficking organizations to get them here. So even if these organizations have abused them, think about this, even if they have abused them, even if they have treated them maliciously, even if they're being held in sexual slavery or bondage here in the United States to pay back the money that they owe to get here, guess what? Those people are not going to report them. They're not going to send them, uh, you know, go to the local law enforcement 
offices here in the United States uh, to report on these people because they are terrified and they are terrified for their lives. So let's think about the people that are coming here as well. Just let me give you a little bit of these numbers. You know, in, in fiscal year 2018, U.S. Customs and Border Protection apprehended over 400,000 migrants. This year, the number's already over 500,000. 56 of those apprehensions were people from Central America. Nearly half of the illegal immigrants apprehended in 2018 by Border Patrol were family units or unaccompanied minors. These are kids traveling alone, kids traveling on these trains, moving here to the United States, coming through Mexico, coming to the U.S.-Mexico border. And some of them have actually lost their lives on this journey. And by the way, not by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, not by our ICE officials, but by this dangerous journey and this treacherous journey in the heat trying to make it to the U.S., being perpetuated by these drug cartels. Look, I don't want to talk about it. I want you to hear this coming from Chris Cabrera. He is the spokesman for the National Border Patrol Council. He's incredible. He's out of the Rio Grande Valley sector where we know a lot of these apprehensions are taking place. And let's go to Chris right now. Hey, Chris, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. All right. I'm so happy for you to join us today. This is so important. This topic is uh, such an important issue to so many Americans and uh, one that I think is vitally important to this administration. First, I want you to talk a little bit about your role in the National Border Patrol Council and how you represent the agents out of the Rio Grande Valley sector. Can you talk a little bit about the NBPC, what it stands for and how many members? Yeah, the National Border Patrol Council, in uh, you know, I guess in short, is the union for uh, border patrol agents nationwide. Uh, nationwide, we have about eighteen thousand members, um, and our second largest is the Rio Grande Valley, which is about almost two thousand members. Um, I know a lot of folks when they hear the word union, they cringe. Uh, we're not your your typical union. We're not so much concerned about where the coffee machine is, or um, you know, where where you know what type of ink the printer uses. We're, we're more concerned with our, our safety in the field, um, legal representation, the type of uh, body armor we have. So our issues are, are a little different than your average union. We also probably the only union you ever heard of that is asking for more work. We just want to go out there and do more. And unfortunately, we're hamstrung by a lot of politics. Wow, you talked a lot there about uh, those issues that concern agents most, and that's their safety and security and what you're dealing with at the U.S.-Mexico border. Tell me a little bit about what you're dealing with in the Rio Grande Rio Grande Valley sector, mainly, and I know I've been there, I've been there with you, uh, Chris, I wanted to throw a shout out to everybody there in the Rio Grande Valley. You guys have been great, uh, very supportive of any stories that we do out there. But talk a little bit about the dangers that the Border Patrol agents face, some of the issues that you're facing now, especially with so many unaccompanied minors and people crossing the U.S.-Mexico border uh, just this year alone. Well, you know, I don't think people realize that, that you were the one that, that, that first broke this story uh, <laughs> in 2013. You were, the, you were the one there that, that got this, this thing uh, noticed um, on, on the national level. And, and I, I think a lot of people don't know that. And I think, you know, people need to understand that you deserve a lot of credit for that. And oh, thank what you, we're Chris. seeing now is we're, we're seeing so many people come across. And, you know, I know a lot of parts of the country, Arizona, has seen a lot. El Paso is seeing a thousand a day. Um, but in, in the Rio Grande Valley, we're, we're at times we've seen 2000 a day just at one station. Um, when, when somebody says, well, there was a group of 800 in, uh, in El Paso in McAllen station, they say, well, that's, that's, that's our, our evening shift. You know, that's, <laughs> it's just, it's that busy down there. 
Um, we see kids with measles. We see kids with tuberculosis, flu. Uh, you name it, it comes through there, and our agents are exposed, and they can take that home to their family. Um, we're seeing, on average, one or two assaults per day just in the Rio Grande Valley, not nationwide, just in one small part of Texas. Um, it has gotten extremely dangerous. There are very few agents in the field to uh, deter or apprehend those looking to uh, escape from us to, to elude capture. So we have so many that probably the equal number to what we're catching is what's getting away from us. That's and the it. thing is, there's no way to stop it because we don't have anybody in the field. And every time we get somebody, there's more taskings for us for, for processing. Um, Border Patrol didn't create this problem. CBP didn't create it. DHS didn't create this problem. It was dumped in our lap and they tell us, fix it. So we're trying to fix it. Uh, unfortunately, we've just gotten more productive as far as getting people in and getting people out and releasing them into the country. So we're doing our part, but nobody is, is doing anything to, 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 uh, to end the process. We're just making it quicker and getting people into the country quicker as opposed to stopping it once and for all. What do you think is going to happen from here? I mean, I, I heard you talk about all of the issues that you're dealing with as far as for the people coming across the border that are carrying diseases, those those Border Patrol agents that have been exposed to some of these illnesses. I know because I'm your friend, Chris, and I want to disclose that for everyone out there. I've known Chris for a long time. He's a great man. Uh, he and I spent a lot of time in the Rio Grande Valley se sector together. I know that you've experienced your own uh, il illnesses, basically from, from the work that you've done, uh, and, and you were out of work for several weeks because of that. Uh, what is the government listening to you? Are they talking to the Border Patrol agents? Are they... Are they working with you to make a difference? What is going on here that none of this is being heard, that Washington is basically silent when it comes to these issues that are affecting your agents? You know, and, and traditionally, normally, you know, the union, uh, the council, whatever you want to call it, would kind of butt heads with management over, um, hey, you're not seeing this, you're not seeing that. And, and we're all pretty much on the same sheet of music from the commissioner all the way down or secretary all the way down. They, everybody understands what's going on where the disconnect is, is in Congress. They're, they're not doing their part. They're too busy fighting over tax returns and who said this and who said that. Who cares? Yeah, you want to get that done, get it done some other time. Put that on the back burner. We have children that, that are, are being molested on their journey over here, uh, women that are getting violated, and, and people are dying along this, this journey. And you're worried about tax returns. I mean, it, you get your priorities straight. And if you can't get over the fact of, Republican versus Democrat, then get out. Um, let somebody in there who wants to do this job. What They're too it? busy fighting over the Mickey Mouse stuff, and mm -hmm. there are real issues at stake. There are lives at stake. And if, if they're not picking, if Congress can't do their job, they need to go. Well, you're, you're, you're saying, you're speaking, you're preaching to the choir, actually. And I think a lot of people that are, that are listening to this show right now are thinking the same thing. Like, what is going on here? So when you hear people like Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez calling, uh, the holding facilities for immigration and customs enforcement concentration camps or, you know, other people like Ilhan Omar saying we can't use the word alien. What goes through your mind? What are you hearing from other agents when they hear this kind of rhetoric and when they hear it in such a loud and vocal way and it's, you know, spreading across the country, particularly with Democrats? Uh, you know, I, I think that they're, they're uneducated as far as what goes on down here. 
And I would put out a uh, an invitation, a blanket invitation, whether it's to to Mrs. Omar or or, or Mrs. Ocasio Cortez or, or whoever, Republican, Democrat, liberal, independent, it doesn't matter. Come down here, get with me. I will take you out there and show you. No, no reporters, no cameras, no no press moments. Just we'll go out there and I will show you. And that way, when somebody says, "Well, you don't know," well, now you've had a firsthand look, not not a political look, no politics, just. Me and you, I'll show you. I will take you down there. I will show you what these people are, are having to go through and what your inaction is causing. And their inaction is causing more to come because they realize that if they come and they say a couple magic words, they're free to go. If, if the local bank down the street from you said, today we're giving out $5,000 to whoever comes by, you can bet your butt there'd be a line around the corner waiting to get into that bank. And that's what we have now. We have a line of people just trying to come in, hurry up and get it done before the before the gravy train stops well and, uh, you, you know, heard that, it live and, you know, here I think, go ahead well you heard it live here there is an open invitation chris cabrera has invited any democrat and specifically uh congresswoman ocasio cortez as well as ilhan omar you have an open invitation to go to the border go to the border with chris cabrera no media Nobody around. He will take you. He will show you what he has already shown me. He will take you there and you will see the real story. And I bet you if you just take a moment to listen and to hear his side of the story and see what he spent his entire life doing, his entire career doing, which is defending the United States of America at the U.S.-Mexico border and also working and helping and aiding the people that are crossing that border, you will have a change of tune and a change of heart and you will try to find a resolution to this because, Chris, there has to be some way where we can come to some type of compromise, where we can work together to stop this because it is so dangerous. I mean, just tell our listeners a little bit about what happens at the border, particularly with the drug cartels and uh, the human trafficking organizations and what you're up against when it comes to that. Well, you know, the, the cartels, obviously, they control everything that comes across this border. And, and the stuff that doesn't come across, it's because the cartels aren't letting it across, whether it's people and, and, and drugs coming north or, or weapons and, and money coming south. They control it. And I, I think you know, one thing is these, these kids are going to get harmed. There's a lot of kids that are by themselves, five years old, seven years old. We've even had infants that were left in care of a smuggler who just left them there. Um, so we see that all too often. And that's what this pull factor is, is doing. The assault on our agents is, is unprecedented. Um, I, but I think what, what Americans, especially Americans away from the border, don't understand and need to understand is the long-term effects of this aren't here in the Rio Grande Valley or along the southern border. They're in your neighborhood because people are coming through our area, but they're not staying in our area. They're getting on a bus, they're getting on a plane with infectious diseases, and they're headed to your part of the country, not ours. We're in a sense that our communities are like the parade route, and we're watching it go by, but it doesn't stay there with us. It, it goes to your neighborhood. We, we see a bunch going to the Virginia, Maryland, D.C. area. Um, to to Chicago, to uh, Houston, to Atlanta, to Miami, um, Utah, Kansas, you name it, it uh, Idaho. Um, it, it's going everywhere but where we're at. We're just the waypoint. So um, I think that's the biggest thing people need to be concerned with. And it's not the people that, you know, you should fear, but what's coming along with them. The, the, if there's some type of an infection, some type of disease, and they're in school next to your child, that's not, you know, you don't want to fear the person, but you don't want your child to be sick either. 
And then the other part of this is the people that are coming in undetected because, and quite frankly, we have no manpower in the field. It's very rare to, to well, it, it's, it, we're never fully, fully, man, fully manned on the border. Never. If we're lucky, we're undermanned. But oftentimes there's many spots that are unmanned. And people don't want to say that because, well, it, it's, you know, somebody's going to get angry or nobody's, you know, it's not popular. But that's the truth. This system is not going to break. It's already broken. Um, if there was one we thing, can fix it. If there was one thing that you could say to the Trump administration, uh, one thing you could say to the American people or to Congress uh, in order to fix this problem, Chris, or something, a plea, what would it be? What would you say right now? Well, you know, and, and, and it wouldn't be to, to, to the president because I think he only has, there's only so much he could do on this and everything he's done, he, he's gotten immense pushback, but he, he still continues. So, so I applaud that regardless of who the president is, I mean, there's only so much you can do with, you know, if, if your Congress is hostile towards you. And, and on the congressional side, on both sides, not one or the other, these guys need to, to, to learn to work together. They need to learn to do their job and, and stop worrying about their, their aspirations and, and let their actions speak for themselves. Um, get there and get the job done. And, and to the American people, hold your, your representatives accountable. You know, this straight ticket party nonsense, say, you know what, vote your conscience. Go out there and, I mean, we pay their salary. Hold them accountable. That, that's the only way to go. You heard it first here on the Sarah Carter Show. Hold them accountable. Hold them accountable. And I, I once again extend that invitation to uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, as well as Ilhan Omar. Chris has invited you to the Rio Grande Valley sector to join him on a private tour. No media, nobody else, just you and Chris Cabrera along the U.S.-Mexico border to get the real story. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us today. I can't thank you enough. You've been wonderful. Be safe. Be true. Say hello to all of the Border Patrol agents out there for me. And especially uh, Albert, go ahead and throw a shout out to him, too. And thank you so much for joining us today on The Sarah Carter Show. I, I really appreciate you having me. It's my pleasure being on. And if you ever need anything, just all you got to do is call. Just as Chris said, everybody, listen to the words that are coming from people who are actually out there on the U.S.-Mexico border working every day. Chris Cabrera is one of those brave people that goes out there. He works out there daily. He spends his time on the U.S.-Mexico border. He knows what's going on. He's seen it for himself. Believe me, I have been friends with him for a long time. I've known him for a long time. I think the first time we met was in 2013. I first started reporting in his sector and exposing what was happening with the unaccompanied minors coming across the border during that time and the pictures and the people that I interviewed and I saw down there. It was just really tragic. It's even worse now. So let's Let's just talk about what he said. Listen, Democrats, Republicans, we need a solution. You need to come to a compromise, not only for the people of this country, number one, and for the national security implications that we're facing due to a porous U.S.-Mexico border, but for the people that are there crossing, for the young people, for these children, for these women and children that are being attacked, that are being hurt and harmed by these human trafficking organizations and by these drug cartels. This is vitally important. I promise you, when you come to the Sarah Carter show, you will not be without. I will continue to follow the border series. I will continue to do my best to serve you. I want you to subscribe to this podcast. We'll be coming 
with new stories every week, something new. I want to hear from you. Please rate the podcast. I am here recording from the Hillsdale College at the Kirby Center in Washington, D.C. We are taking back the story, folks. Join me next week for more. Thank you so much for joining The Sarah Carter Show. See you next week.